Hey, this is Chris and Jan Woodruff, and you are listening to the Hindsight Podcast, where we sit down with people and we take a look back at what we can learn from a very specific season in their life. We are full on in fall. The leaves are changing. It's uh, for us, when we're recording this, it's close to the end of October. Right. Halloween's next week. Right down the road. That's right. We can see it coming. It's next Wednesday. You're getting your kids ready. You've probably, maybe some of you are scrambling Amazon two-day shipping to get your last-minute costume. My question is, how many of you parents dress up with your children? Yes, that's a great question. Do you dress up? That's fantastic. Yeah, we do. Mm -hmm. And it's become a long-standing tradition since the kids were really little. Probably CJ was two or three. Yeah. Jan definitely dresses up a little bit more in the mode than I do. Um, she really is a great mom and takes it all on and, and, and takes it 100% uh, of it's the way. It's so fun to be... I just find ways for us to connect with our kids at all levels. And oftentimes I feel like we separate. You know, that's a kid thing. That's an adult thing. For us, it's just been really fun to talk about what are you going to do like, Mom, what are you going to be this year? Or CJ, what are you going to be? And so, yeah. so little man's, uh, little foster man's Buzz Lightyear. So I think we've been talking about. We're going to see if we want to do um, Jesse and Woody. And Woody. That's right. And go with the yeah. Toy Story characters. And we're trying to talk the uh, the rest of the kids into joining us. I don't know if it'll happen. I don't so. think so. But yeah. nonetheless, it's so fun. So I challenge y'all, get out of your comfort zone and um, just make it a fun night yeah. by. Throw a wig on or a fun t-shirt. That's right. Next episode, all right, let's get into this, is with um, the Pearsons. Second episode with them, and uh, super excited for you guys to hear from them. Yeah, There's some really good stuff. Great. And it just really was a conversation that continues um, to be a part of our conversations here at home, because we've just got so many great nuggets. Um, she'll talk about how we live in an entitled area, um, and we do. We have It's a blessing and a curse. You know, You have these awesome opportunities for your children, however... Is it shaping our kids to expect certain things? And they do a really great job of really teaching their kids high, like major responsibility at a young age. Yeah, really keeping them grounded. And uh, and sh- they mentioned this book, and Jan, I think you've already gotten into this book, mm-hmm. but How to Raise an Adult. Um, that's been a really great thing to hear how they're doing that with their kids, thinking through how do they raise independent children and all the things they're doing. They give some really tangible ways that they do that. So Yeah, it's great. The book is awesome, and it's convicting because you realize how much we parent out of fear, and that's not setting our kids up long-term yeah. to be out in the world by themselves. Yeah. So please listen on. This is a great episode, and we will catch you on the backside. Yeah, let's go learn from the Pearsons. All right, we're jumping back in with our second episode with David and Elizabeth, and we finished with kind of getting into some of the things you learned as you guys have gone from the older and now still have some of the youngers, um, any, any adjustments. would love to talk through some more specific areas. Um, the first one I want to start with is with this wide range of kids and boys and girls. How do you guys handle discipline? How does discipline work in the Pearson home? <laughs> It's funny. I mean, I'm the one that's home the most, but they fear him the most, you know, as far as discipline. And he is as calm and steady as... He is. We've seen that already today. (laughs) He is. He is just... My mom used to say he's the steady oar to my tippy canoe, Uh, which is is true. But with discipline, uh, it's certainly hard with so many kids. I mean, to stay on top of everything. And uh, we really... We got this from uh, Andy and Sandra years ago, but um, basically we have three rules. It's just the three rules. You can't be dishonest. You can't be disrespectful. And you can't be disobedient. Mm. We do Out, the same. Yeah, outside of that, you know, you, you can, for the most part, do what you want to do. But for us, the disrespect is the biggest one because yeah. it really plays into the other two. If you respect someone, you're not going to be dishonest to them. If you respect them, you're not going to be disobedient. Yeah. And so we we are pretty hardcore with that. But with discipline, um, you know, discipline really in and of itself means like a disciple or to train up. And so we are just trying to train them up and let them know that every single thing that they do is a choice, everything. And every choice has a consequence, whether it's positive or negative. And so again, we touched on this a little bit before, but being consistent is, is hands down for us, the biggest thing. And the more consistent you are when they're younger, the less you have to micromanage or stay on top of when they're older. And uh, we've gotten very creative with some discipline. I was going to say, that's been one of the difficult things though, is getting creative because each of the children are different, Mm -hmm. you know, and when they, they get, if they disrespect Elizabeth, 
it's then trying to figure out, okay, what is going to really shape you and, and cause a, a course change. Right. Uh, hmm. And that's where it, it does get difficult, but it has forced us to be creative. Yeah. Especially around the personalities. Right. Oh, and around how they feel or they take things in. And oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, you, I'm sure you've heard this before, but, you know, you have an introvert. You're not going to punish them and say, hey, you're going to go to your room. You're going to be like, thank you. (laughs) So, you know, we would be very quick to pull away a play date or a date night or a whatever from from the extrovert that is longing to, you know, look forward to it. Define their currency and and really focus there. But, I mean, over the years, we've we've been very, very drastic with some of our discipline. And and I remember when our first daughter did not like sharing a room with her baby sister and she Mm -hmm. complained about it and complained about it and complained about it and complained about it to the point where we said, no, like this is your sister who, you know, we've waited for, we've prayed for, you know, you get to, you get to sleep with her, you get to share a room with her. And she just thought I shouldn't have, you know, to share a room. None of my friends have to share a room. And so when she got home that day, we um, had moved every single thing out of her room, like bed, every piece of clothing, (laughs) everything. And we moved her to uh, where the boys sleep, which is, we have a fourth floor. Uh And so three boys up there, just imagine it smells kind of like... Smells like like dirty socks. Dirty socks, Uh locker room, you know, urine, whatever, uh, sweat. (laughs) And so we had moved all of her stuff right in the middle of the room. And we said, you're going to sleep with the boys now. She's like, I can't sleep up here. And we said, no, you, you didn't like sleeping with your sister. And so she stayed up there for, what, at least four months? Oh, my goodness. Really? Wow. Yes. yes. Wow. And She's a she fighter. she was grateful to go back to sleep with, you know, her sister when she could. But but we had very drastic measures with discipline when they were younger so that yeah. they Did you have the point home? Right. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You got to wow. drive it home. Consistent on steroids right and, there. Yes. And all the siblings are watching, and they're like... I do not want to do yeah, that. Yeah, I don't like, want to do that. I don't want that happening to me, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, but just to follow through with it. But discipline's a huge Is she one. close with her brothers? She's incredibly <laughs> close with one of them. They're the Irish twins, and they are very, very, very close. Yeah, yeah. that's so true. The siblings will definitely learn from the mistakes of, uh, of their siblings. We had um, our oldest last year um, <laughs> when he was at South, right, this is before we got redistricted. <laughs> Um, and this happened to me when I was a kid. So this was kind of the, the punishment that came forward. But um, he was having a hard time waking up. And so we gave him, gave him the rule and said, hey, this is the deal. You've got to ride to school. You need to wake up and make it. And you're on your own. And if you don't, you're stuck. And we're not taking you, but you got to get to school. And so he woke up late one morning and it was like, all right, we're not taking you. You're walking. And he had to walk and he walked all the two and a half miles. And it was cold. And it was hard, and it was one of those where we didn't want to do it. Oh, but you ask his brother, heart. you okay. ask his brother, he's like, I'm not missing school. <laughs> <laughs> I will make my ride. Absolutely. He doesn't want to walk. No, it's, yeah. it is the truth. I mean, we like to say it's like word spreads quickly among the ranks. Like, yeah. they know. And Allison, did you hear what Dad did? Did you hear what Mom did? You know, <laughs> and they know. I mean, they know quickly. But yeah. I love that because, listen, you know, we think our kids are not capable of doing certain things. And I always will say to these young moms, I'm like, I just encourage you to ask your grandparents or if you're if they're still alive, your great grandparents. Right. What did they do at that age? Yeah. Walking two and a half miles in the cold was nothing. It was no right. big deal. You know, but to our kids, it's like, oh my goodness. Well, and we know. had find a friend, so we watched him. You know, we knew where he was. We used yeah. our technology to keep up. I mean, it was painful for me though. I tell you, I teared up when he left the house. Did you? I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, it was like cold out, and I'm like my baby, you know, but then on the other side of it, I was like, I'm the one having to drag him out of bed in the morning and he's expecting me to change my schedule because he overslept. And I'm like, sorry, the world does not revolve around you. It doesn't. Yeah. And he won't, he won't do it again. He will not miss. And now we've went to a new school. So we're farther away. (laughs) So we started at the beginning of the school and said, Hey, your, is your alarm set? You got to get up. He's like, I am not walking seven miles. He said, you bet my alarm set. He knows. knows. But it's the truth. Like these, you know, take away a cell phone or something like that I mean the same people are like oh yeah I just took away a cell phone again I'm like you've been doing that for eight years like it, it's, it's not working right yeah. I mean you know it's not making an impact it's not making a difference mm-hmm. it's got to be something that is yeah. unforgettable yeah that's I good. think that's great I find it funny sometimes I thought I was being creative with the punishment and 
and take something away from them, and you can just see it on their face, like, that's it? Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, like, you just, uh, just missed. And that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. You're back to the drawing board. I've got to be more creative next I loved time. the comment, though, about the introvert, and the last thing you want to do is send them to a room. So we you like, that's it. You're going to homecoming. <laughs> 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 you know, that would be torture, uh, right? For my introverted uh, kids. That's, yeah, that's yeah. hilarious. You're so. going to ask someone, you're going to come up with a creative poster. <laughs> no, right. but you know, um, to go back to the disobedience and disrespect and the dishonesty uh, is so huge because I think, I think, I don't think, I we believe that our children really need to know that their actions affect other people. Yeah. So not just them, it might be their siblings, right. it might be Absolutely. the parents, it might be whomever. And uh, our daughter, when she was in the fifth grade, she lied to her teacher. And so, you know, you can pull away, she didn't have a cell phone then, but you could pull away whatever, TV or whatever it might be, friend time or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that might have been an impact for a little bit. But we said, no, you've broken that trust with her. You've broken that relationship. So you're going to write a letter and you're going to apologize to your teacher and you're going to explain why, <coughs> why, you know, why you did what you did mm-hmm. and, you know, ask for her forgiveness, how you can, you know, write that relationship. And then I'll take you up to school and you're going to read it to her. She's like, I will write it, but I'm not going <laughs> to read it to her. And I was like, no, yeah, you, you are. are because yes. It has impacted your teacher. I mean, yep. the class knows right. about it. So she still talks about it. Like, I mean, I they're, they're the impact ones, those are the, that's the yeah. most effective discipline. I know. We have that's one. Great. I just have to mention it, though, because it really was, you know, when the boys were little, Rena was little, little, we were at like the dollar store somehow, and it worked out that they had taken either baseball cards or something. So we get home, and I see them playing. I'm like, I know for certain we did not come home with those in my buggy. And so we had the whole thing on stealing. Now, it was a dollar, okay? <laughs> and, and realistically, did I want to drive back up to the store? No. It was a dollar, right? Mm-hmm. So we're rationalizing. Well, not only did they have to go back to the store manager and they have to apologize, Chris calls the local police, <laughs> and he takes, he said, hey, I want you to be able to speak into my boy's life a little bit about what happens when this type of behavior takes place. Oh and he scheduled goodness. a time for them, and they went to the police station, <laughs> and he talked to them about what happens when stealing becomes a problem. So we met with the local sheriff's department. Absolutely. One right behind South. Oh, yeah. Right up there. And the boys had to tell them what they did. Oh, my God. And then the officer gave them the, okay, let me tell you what would happen if you were, you know, a certain age and, you know, this, that. And the boys were like... It was like scared straight. Oh, <laughs> like big old eyes, and you know, it wasn't threatening. It wasn't, yeah. hey guys, that's it. We're gonna. I wouldn't like ling in them like, hey, let's see what the police say. They might have to keep you. It wasn't any of that. Right. It was, we're gonna go talk to the police, and we're gonna learn what's the ramifications. What are the consequences as you get older? This is not just a, hey, it's no big deal. It was a dollar. How how impactful stealing really is, and how it can be on just what the consequences could be in your life. That's brilliant. And so it was. Uh, <laughs> it was we funny to say they were. Like what? Oh my gosh! We're going to the police station. Like, <laughs> I just, just take a, it like, was a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> well, but yeah. I think so many people rational, rationalize any behavior away. Oh, they were tired, or oh, it's just a dollar, or oh, they were. You know, they've been with the grandparents all week, so now they're just kind of out of sorts. But it, I mean, all of a sudden, it's like one time turns into two, mm-hmm. turns into five, and it just becomes yeah. a way. And so it's a dollar. Well, is it five dollars matter? Does ten dollars? You know. Right. And so you've got to yeah. you've got to lay down the law when they're young. Yeah. That's great. Um, transition a different thought a little bit now um, within the home. Uh, not the discipline, but let's talk about chores and entitlement because they kind of go together, right? Yes, a little bit. Talk about how does that dynamic work in your home with all the different ages, uh, and I'm sure you you just sit on the couch and eat bonbons while they do all the work, right? Yeah, I do. My feet are up. I do nothing. That's right. That's right. No, I excuse me. I could talk about this one all day long, only because I'm so passionate about it. Because I see it. I mean, in this area, y'all right. know where we live. Right. It is it's just, a blessing and a curse at the oh, same time. It absolutely is. I mean, that's, you know, everything's a strength and everything's a weakness, and and so I I agree with that. Um, when I first started studying, studying about entitlement, I used to think it was just how much we give to our kids, but right. what I'm finding is how much we do for our kids, mm. and so we're crippling our children. Mm-hmm. And uh, not too long ago, I read a book um, called How to Raise an Adult, and this lady was just so blown away. She was the dean of Stanford for 10 years, and she's at Stanford, and she's seeing all these brilliant kids get into Stanford, and then all of a sudden what she's finding is, oh my goodness, 
Stanford's experiencing the highest dropout rate, the highest suicide rate, the lowest GPA rate. I mean, you go down the list. I mean, mm-hmm. it was just, she's like, wait, is this just, you know, for Stanford? So she called Yale and Harvard and some of the others. They were experiencing the same thing. So then she thought, well, is it just Ivy Leagues? And so then she started calling the deans at these other schools, and they're like, no, what's happening is the parents are micromanaging everything for their kids. They're doing everything for them, helping them get into college, on down to the tiniest detail, and then they're dropping them off, and the kids can't do right. it. Right. Because the parents are doing everything right. for them. And so I thought, oh, my goodness. We saw this really play out with our oldest son, who Elizabeth took up to orientation uh, for his freshman year. And as they were sitting around in the, the hall and hearing the instructors or the, whoever was leading the orientation talking to these kids and, and basically mapping out everything for them, you know, get your phones out, get your apps out, you know. <laughs> And even our son looked over, and he wasn't taking any notes or anything, and Elizabeth said something to him. I did. I said, well, do you need to be, you know, doing what he's saying? And, and well, the funny thing about that was the professor first said, parents, it's fine if you want to take pictures of these slides, but you're not going to Georgia. So, <laughs> right. so kids, you get out your phones and take pictures. So I said, hey, do you need to take a picture of that? He's <laughs> like, Mom, it's all on the website. I did all the research before I came. I've already signed up for everything I needed to do. It's, he's like, we don't even really need to come to this. But, you know, and so yeah. it's these kids cannot do anything. And it was partly his personality, but it's also that, you know, he's been kind of prepared for this for a while. Yeah. And one of the things that we decided early on, which we've really stuck pretty good to, is that we've never done or really helped with homework. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Ever. It is, uh, <laughs> you know, something that drives our kids nuts. Yeah. And uh, it does. And, and they figure it out. They, you know, they learn how to Well, they've got other the siblings, so and, come on. There's like yeah. a whole yeah. classroom right I there. I mean, I'll email all my kids' teachers, and thankfully I know most of them really well, but I'll email them at the beginning of the year, and I just want you to know my child will be doing their homework. They will be doing their projects. I will not be assisting in any way, so all I ask is that you grade them on a second grade level or whatever the grade is yeah. because no one else does it look like a second grader did that? And the parent, the teacher was like, thank you, thank you. So this whole idea of entitlement with the chores and, and what we're doing for our kids, I have just seen it over and over and over played out where we're crippling our children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we are firm believers in chores and we are firm believers in modeling real life. And so when they walk in the door from school, we have a big whiteboard and, uh, and it says, because we clothe and feed you and then it has their names right there and they have their chore written down and they know that their chore has to be done. It used to be before dinner when they were younger, but now some of them don't get home until dinner. Right. And so it's before bed, but, um, or if you don't, you're going to have two chores the next day. And the second one is going to be substantially more difficult. And basically what I do is I have a big whiteboard above it. That's mine. And it's all the things that need to get done. And we're trying to model real life. And so you have to grocery shop or you have to make your meals or you have to clean the house, wash the sheets, towels, whatever. And I pick those things off and I delegate them to my children Mm. and uh, they don't get paid for it. They don't, you know, get paid to be in the home. No one pays me to empty the dishwasher. No one pays him to take out the garbage. And so they're just going to participate. They're going to be a team player. And so the rule in our home that our children also don't like, but is um, when you're eight, you're no longer a consumer, you're a contributor. (laughs) And so at eight, they start doing their own laundry. They um, start cooking. Mm-hmm. They um, have much harder chores. Right. And, you know, they all have to make their own lunches and breakfasts from kindergarten up. Um, they all have to do their own homework. And obviously that there's times where I don't know how to do this. And I'll tell moms, don't ever give your kid a chore that you haven't, you know, adequately trained them sure. how to do it. Because right. then you're going to get frustrated. Yeah, right. That's not fair. You're setting it's, them up to it's, fail. Yeah, you're setting them up to fail. <clears throat> and, you know, moms are like, well, but they don't do it as well as I want them to clean the bathroom. And I'm like, nobody's going to do it as well as you would do it, right? Nobody. And so the earlier you can start, the longer you have to train them up to do it right. And the reasons we do it so well is because that was our chore when we were little. Absolutely. (laughs) It's all that practice. I've been doing it for 40 years. (laughs) But but it's the truth. Moms um, just somehow think, and dads too, you know, they're going to turn 18 and all of a sudden it's like by magic, stroke of midnight, they're going to know how to do all of these things. And kids are calling home, how do I do laundry? Like, how do I heat this up? How do I, you know, just the most basic things that they don't know how to do. So we use chores as a a, um, as a way to combat entitlement. And we believe that just because you can do provide or give doesn't mean you should. Is it mm-hmm. beneficial? 
we talked previously about how the younger ones can learn from the older ones. Well, mm-hmm. our latest, our last child who just turned eight um, has learned the art of uh, being creative. And <laughs> she figured out what time of the day she was born. And about a half hour before that time, when she would officially turn eight, she brought Elizabeth all her laundry. That's totally a last born. Oh, she has learned the ropes. <laughs> totally. She is going to go far. She is going to go far. That is fantastic. But yeah, they know they know that they have to you know learn how to mow the yard or whatever the chores are around the house that have to get done it's like we're just going to model that for real life and they don't ever have the same chore every day just like some days I might have to I don't know clean the baseboards or whatever mm-hmm. so it's always different and sometimes you'll hear them come in and go oh like because they see it <laughs> but there are also times that we give them chores that um that kind of are into their personality or their temperament. Right. My, my melancholy blues, I love to give them organize the pantry or clean out the fridge or clean out whatever cabinets because they're going to do it meticulously. Yeah. You know, but mm-hmm. my greens are like, yeah, whatever, throw things out. They don't even look at it. They just... That's so true. We, our one guy is such a collaborator. So literally, like, we'll say, hey, we'll pay you in this case, right, to yeah. do the garage. Mm-hmm. $5, yeah. just say. Not even anything much. Right. He will rather have four of his buddies come over and give them each a dollar <laughs> just so he has a group of people Isn't to help amazing? him do it. So I agree with you. Like yeah, looking he's at so the green. He needs the people. He needs people around him. <laughs> he would much rather, yeah, make less, a half, or even a fifth. And just have yeah. a group party about yeah, it. Just to do it. That would so be me. And, you know, and two. <laughs> we sometimes will give them chores that they don't like. We have chickens, and I have, you know, one son, or we have one son that can't stand animals. He's just, nah, like he just doesn't like them. And so I don't give him the chicken. And, you know, clean right. out the coop duty all the time, but every once in a while, because you're going to get it, you're going to get it. It comes around. That, that is that's real life, yeah. and you're going to have to have these chores that you just don't like. You know. Yeah. So there's the different chores that they get. So I just want to understand it because this is super helpful. Every day they have a chore, just one single chore mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. So we do it a little bit different, and so mm-hmm. I don't. We might need to even rethink it, but. We I do it at the end of the week. More they do kids. like kids. <laughs> I more kids, and I will expand my list by every stretch. Well, they have multiple chores, but they just have a certain amount of time to get them done by. Okay. Um, but nevertheless, so you guys do it. So it's a chore a day. Every day, and it's a different chore, and mm-hmm. they're on the board. You just you yep. divvy out based on what's got to yeah, get done in the house. Yes, yeah, totally. Done um, right. Are there chores, and maybe they're not chores. Maybe it's a different category. Are there things that you guys assign to them that are opportunities for them to earn money? Yes. Um, what does that look like? Yeah, we don't do allowance, uh, and so we had started a while ago where we would, and it sits on the whiteboard too, mm-hmm. and anybody can pick from any of those chores that are to make money. Money jobs. Uh, is what we gotcha. Call them. Okay, and so. Hopefully. What are a couple of those? Like, give us some examples. Well, a lot of times that'll be a bigger project. Uh-huh. So, like, a chore in the afternoon would not be to clean out the garage, like, literally take everything out of the right. garage. Yep. But if you want to work on a Saturday because you want a new pair of shoes, thank you. Yep. Th- then yep. you can earn that money and do that. Or um, bigger yard work. Bigger yep. yard work. Yeah. We have clearing a, a certain part of the woods or. Um, just the the bigger mm-hmm. ones yeah, that yep. require more time and effort. R- right. And Great. so that's what we try to teach them and, and with their chores and that. Like, hey, yes, you have to do this. But just like Dad, if he needs something else and we don't have the money for it, yeah, he could get a second job if he wanted to or right. do something right. extra to earn some money. And that's what the money chores are. Again, it's just trying to parent with that long-term goal in sight. What have you guys been able to come up with for some of the younger kids and opportunities for them to maybe earn some cash? So maybe they're not big enough or strong enough to go clear the backyard. Picking up pine cones. Okay. <laughs> but it's just being That's creative, right? Yes. It's just yeah. thinking, okay. Easy to do, just yep. takes a while, but we'll pay them per bucket. Or, yep. That's um, good. And so they'll they'll do that. And the, Also, another one is um, a, I can't stand cleaning the grout, especially in the boys' oh, bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And so we give them a toothbrush and, and some soft scrub, and they <laughs> just scrub it, and they'll get you know paid per bathroom. Yeah. Or you know our laundry room also has tile, mm-hmm. and so that might yeah. be something. That's that, great. Little things like uh-huh. that, but you can That's certainly good. get creative. I mean, because again, they they can do so much more than we think that they're oh capable of. Oh my goodness, of. so much. And and they say, oh, you know, moms will say to me all the time, "Oh, my daughter can never do that." I'm like, "But she can use an iPad. She can work the TV, a computer. Right. right? They're capable. Very capable. Teach them how to use the vacuum. You know. Yeah. <laughs> with that, because um, you mentioned this a little bit um, earlier, with just, there's so much going on. Some of them don't get home till dinner. Fit and how is it that you manage with the eight kids the schedules? Like, how does that work with all the activities and 
making decisions around scheduling and sports. Mm-hmm. And oh, Elizabeth is the air traffic controller in our family. <laughs> <laughs> I like to call myself the long snapper. And the reason is because it's, it's like it's the most underappreciated job on the team until I mess up something. Right. And then everybody notices. Yes. Like, Mom, you so forgot true. to pick me up. And yes. I'm like, I have picked you up every day for seven years. Yeah. And the one time I miss everybody's like, right. so I'm the long snapper is what I am. That's hilarious. No, we, um, David and I have Sunday night uh, staff meetings. Some people think they're other things, but we literally do. We talk about the week. Schedule, we talk yeah. about the kids. We talk about, um, hey, you know, I've noticed this one. Their um, face is kind of breaking out. Should we start getting them to the dermatologist? Or is it time for this one to get braces? Or, you know, just yeah, the little, just, the health things. Like, hey, when's the last time this one got checked? Or, But then it's heart issues. Have you noticed that she's been so selfish? Do you notice that that one's been you know, reclusing, uh, whatever mm-hmm. the right word is to the re- going to the room right. and just kind of checking in with those things. What does our week look like? Um, and then I do every Sunday night, I have a huge whiteboard above the chore one, but it's the calendar. You got to see this whiteboard. Man. I know. <laughs> Maybe take like a picture huge. and post it on the website. Yes, it is. Um, it is an infamous whiteboard. People will ask me for pictures of it all the time. And it's but. amazing though. She'll list every event that we have, every event that each kid has on this whiteboard, uh, and you know, what we're having for dinner, what, you know, anything that's going on. And it's amazing how much the kids will look at it to kind of get a view of the week, you know, and, and one of them, I forget which one was so excited when she finally got involved in an activity because now she Her got onto the whiteboard. Turned, yeah, she was all oh, you know, be on the whiteboard. the whiteboard. But it's so helpful for even just like meal planning because if I realize we have four games on a on Thursday night, night. Yeah. well, okay, well, I'm not going to plan to grill out that night for dinner. Right. You know, so on Chicken Sunday. Chicken nuggets, yeah. Right. And so on Sunday when I'm planning my, my you know, my whole, our whole week, then I can plan, okay, well, this is going to be a crock pot meal or this mm-hmm. is going to be something that everyone can eat at whatever time that they get home. Yeah. Right. And so it, it affects everything from meal planning to who's picking up who and who has to wait an extra 30 minutes to get picked up. And yeah. And it's great because I'll look at it as soon as I walk in the door. You know, yeah. Who needs where, that? Are where, where are we? That's right. Where are we? Yeah. Where and, well, and, and to go back to the chores, like he said, he looks at it. It is, you know, it is so nice not to have to nag our children to do chores. It's on the whiteboard. I don't have to speak it. I don't. Hey, did you do your chore? Hey, have you done your chore? Have you done your chore? How did you correct that though? Because I mean, there had to have been a transition period where the, they didn't respond to the whiteboard. Well, it was right? the multiple chores the next day. It's, okay, and that is a gotcha. much bigger chore. Or if they complain about their chore, oh, I hate this chore. Oh, really? We'll, do well it guess four more what? Times this week, yeah. Yeah. absolutely. And so it. it cuts down on so much with us have without having to be the you know, the, the nagging faucet yeah <laughs> and it's yeah. the consistency oh yeah because right. they know if they complain but if I go oh he's had a hard day I'm not going to give him that tour tomorrow then all of a sudden he's teaching me instead of me teaching him got it all right well let's talk technology and phones that title that kind of goes into entitlement we're our kids have so many things that, golly, adults don't even have in some parts of this country, most likely. How do you guys navigate that? Like, is there an age where you felt like they were old enough to be able to have technology or games on their phone or even talk to us a little bit on the phones of what type of safeguards you put on there? Do you have any restriction codes? Do you have any other tools that you use just to kind of keep everybody... I am not protected. a fan of technology. It's it's just so important that our kids have to navigate this world. Uh-huh. Uh, in that book that I was talking about earlier, she was saying in there that you know the average age for a child to have a cell phone is third grade, and the reason is is because the high rate of divorce. And parents that are divorced yeah. do not want to have to go through the other parent to be able to talk so to true. their child. Yeah. So, I've heard that. So they want to go straight mm-hmm. to the child. Well, unfortunately, you're handing them a cell phone that has things way more than a phone mm-hmm. and they don't have the mind or the frontal lobe to be able to you know figure out how to handle to it. Navigate it right? And so unfortunately just because our kids don't have a cell phone or an iPad or whatever it might be they might be sitting on the bus next <clears throat> to somebody that does who's third grade and all of a sudden they're you know able to see things so we're not huge fans of them but but one of the things that we've always said about technology particularly with phones is and a lot of other things in our parenting, we don't ever have rules of when they are allowed to get something. It's not like oh now that you're 13 you get a cell phone or, you know, mm-hmm. now that you're 16, you get a car. Uh, no way. doesn't work that way. So we have rules where you're not going to get it at a certain age, but it doesn't mean that when you're going to get it. So for right. instance, you will not have a cell phone in elementary school, period. We know a lot of children that do, mm-hmm. you know, to each mm-hmm. their own. We will not allow them to have a cell phone in elementary school. Does that mean they will get one in sixth grade? No. Some of our children have gotten one in sixth grade. Our second one, son, Jack, you know, he played a lot of sports in that age and he would get dropped off at ballparks 
where we'd say, hey, we got to drop you off 30 minutes early, or we're going to be 45 minutes late picking you up because we've got all these other things. Yeah. So he got a cell phone before his older brother. Got it. Hmm. And so, but the biggest, the biggest reason of when we will give them something is when we see their maturity and their responsibility to handle it in their life. And so when we start seeing them making wise choices and that, that they're, you know, being responsible with their chores and we're not having to remind yeah. them and they're yeah. waking themselves up and they're getting themselves where they need to be, their grades are on you know track, then yes, you, you might have, you know, have a cell phone, mm-hmm. but then just the same goes once they get the cell phone, doesn't mean they're going to get Instagram. Doesn't right. mean they're going to get Snapchat. It's, you know, and we've kind of always said the more you want it, the less likely you That's will right. get it. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. We've used that as well. We had one child that took a little bit longer to get their cell phone because we were dealing with some maturity and responsibility issues. And so finally, um, you know, pretty, a fair amount later than everybody else had gotten, we, we got her one. And it probably wasn't maybe a month later, and it, she'd lost it. Yeah. <laughs> like lost it, lost it. Lost Not it. you she, took it away. Well, she, lost she was it on the back outside. Of a bumper. She put on the back of the bumper, and the car drove off. And she was <laughs> like, "Well, I didn't think it was going to leave." <laughs> so we missed the responsibility of one on that one. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we definitely four yeah. months without a phone oh, after goodness. that. But yeah. And so yeah, so it's hard, but it it's a lot of things. Dating, you know, people say, "When do you allow your kids to date?" Well, right. I can tell you, they're not going to date in middle school. Right. Doesn't mean that we're, they're going to we're going to say here wide open and as a freshman. Ninth grade, yeah. And probably I want to say it was in the 1990s that I read this stat <laughs> that um, if you allow your children to date, and by dating it could be going with, holding hands, dropping them off at the movies, even yeah. just at school dating, texting, whatever. If you allow them to date when they are 11 to 13, that age group, all middle school age, 99% of them will have sex by the time they graduate high school. Really? If you wait till they're 14, 50% of them will have sex by by the time they graduate high school. And if you wait until they're 16, 20% of them will. Now, that was back in the late 90s. So you can imagine that it is only... And that technology in the middle of it. Absolutely. And all the other stuff that comes with it. technology and and this this, um, parenting expert was saying, he said, you know, the reason for that is there's less time, obviously, the later you wait. But then also what happens is they start to get this frontal lobe. They start to make wiser choices. and, Mm -hmm. And what used to be exciting, holding hands with the first girlfriend, now the second girlfriend, that's not as exciting. Right. And so it, it goes so yeah. much faster. And so we wow. have been a big um, believer in you're not allowed to date in middle school. And it was so funny. I mean, our son was in eighth grade, and this girl wanted to date him so badly. And, you know, we'd look at his phone, and she'd be like, I'll wait till high school. I know you, you know. And we just have to laugh. And, of course, she'd That's moved so on funny. to, like, four boyfriends before they even got Now, have you found school. different tendencies with boys versus girls? Because boys sometimes don't care nearly as much as the girls do. Correct. Right? So how is that to navigate? Well, I mean, we have one boy who cares tremendously. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so he would have been... He's a ladies' man. I've always said he's going to be the first married, though. He will will be the first married. Yeah. Um, But the girls really haven't... They haven't, haven't peaked uh, yet or shown that interest. I mean, we have a 17-year-old daughter, and um, so she I'm sure she would, but honestly, they know their dad's standards, mm-hmm. and so I think it kind of narrows the pool. And when Absolutely. They're looking, when they're looking around to go, can I bring this guy home? And that's not worth it, you know? Yeah, because you know, yeah. And for the boys, they've been so busy with sports and working that... Schedules it, make it hard. Oh, it does. Mm-hmm. And it's been a great thing. Our, I've always heard that busy teenagers are great teenagers because that just gives them opportun- less opportunity to get in trouble. Of any kind, right? I mean, drinking, what right. you go down the line, but also um, our kids know that that any type of extracurricular activity they're going to have to pay for. Mm-hmm. So just because they want to go to prom and it's a hundred dollars a ticket and then a hundred dollars for the tux and then you have yeah. to take her out to dinner, they're like, it's not worth it because yeah. they have to pay for it. That's their bill. That's right. It's their bill. It's the extras, and mm. so they. Just think, yeah. I, I, wow. You know. Yeah, that's great. Oh, Let me come back to technology real yeah. quick. You guys gave us a little insight on the when they get stuff. What about now that they have it? How do you guys navigate access? Because obviously, at least what we're learning is, especially with our oldest right now, he's two and a half years from us launching him to be on his own. So we're trying to train him to do it without as many rules so that when he goes to college, it's like, okay. Now I've got no rules on my phone. I, I don't know what to do. How It's like circuit overload. How are you guys navigating the guidelines and what to watch, what not to watch, what to restrict, what not to restrict? What's that look like? Yeah, originally, we had 
tried one of the web services that would you could put onto your phones mm-hmm. and that would really lock down their access to different things. And with all the school you know, websites that they have to get onto, it kept blocking them from this. Right. So it yeah. became a hassle. And yeah. so we ended up removing that. And then we tried, you know, just implementing that, hey, these are still our phones. Yep. Uh, they're That's not right. yours. That's and right. so we can look at them whenever we want. And we've done that on some of them and, and had to deal with some things. Um, Random checks. Like yeah. everyone in the family has the same passcode. So you can get yeah, it anybody's so. phone because there's no privacy. And the more you fight that, the more privacy you want, you know, we'll remove it because there's obviously a reason you're, you're fighting right. for that privacy. Hmm. And our daughter used to try to take her phone to her room. So we removed her door. So she just <laughs> And well, she got creative with certain apps that we didn't want her to have where she was, right. she'd leave her phone downstairs, but she'd get on an old iPod and had They're created so accounts. Creative. And, oh my goodness. Um, and so we had to remove the door and. Well, we've been given some advice a while ago. They're like, don't try to outsmart your kids with technology because you never will. Yeah. And I, we are not naive to think that there's not another passcode for other apps that they could have or because yeah. there's so many things that they can do and we will never be smarter than they are. Mm-hmm. But they're like, if you spend less time focusing on, you can't do this, you can't have this app, you can't, I'm going to check your phone. I'm going to, yes, check in and be alert, but don't spend the majority of your time there. Spend more time focusing on the heart of Jesus and what that does to him and what it yeah. does to your heart when you're trying to be deceptive, mm. when you have have to have privacy when That's, no one else can yeah. look at your phone, those types of things. And so we do checks. We don't um, allow phones in their room. Yep. Uh, we have a charging station that uh, we built because it's really long <laughs> and really long. And um, everybody's phones have to go there before they go to bed. And so typically I'm in bed before my older ones. And so is he just because they're teenagers and high schoolers and whatnot. And so I don't always check it at night, but I get up very, very early. And so I can do a phone check and see whose phone's there. And that's mm-hmm. typically when my coffee is making that I'll just... Where do you put the charging station? In the kitchen. Okay. Because we have something similar and we've just learned this, that it's been in the past, it's been in our room. And we, you know, go to bed before and I'm like, I don't want them coming in, waking me up. And, you know, and so we've talked about, and right now we've gotten to the most recent of, I don't care. Just don't turn it in. I got restrictions on it. You can sleep with a bite head because you can't do anything anyway. It's on lockdown, so you can't really access anything. But you can still get on, and they could be playing some just game that's on their phone, right? It's not an internet game, but they can still stay on it. So that is that's a tough thing because I'm not just against technology because of what it does, you know, with like what we've talked about the things that they can have access to, what they do with you know, typically you know after midnight they'll they'll say things that they never would say or they'll send something that they wouldn't Mm -hmm. normally send. Right. So it's those things, but it's also just how it sucks the time away from them. And if they're on it right before they go to bed, their sleep is not as as good. There's so many other negative things that you see with technology and and, um on certain kids we've had to implement that they don't that they're not allowed to be on their phone or technology alone. Hmm. You know, they have to be downstairs in a family room. Right. Just because it will be <coughs> less likely for the them, temptation to, for them to, to do something wander. when they're in private. Yeah. Right. Um, so. Well, and, and we had read um, years ago that, you know, in Silicon Valley, they got Bill Gates and they have all, you know, the president of eBay and you just go down the list and none of them, IBM, Microsoft, none of them allow their children to have technology. They all <laughs> go to a technology free school. Yeah. Every single one of them. And the reason is they know that studies have shown that it takes 15 minutes of boredom for creativity to set in. And so when they're on their phones, they're not That's bored. They're true. just sitting there playing these games or mm. just mindlessly swiping. And so there's no need for these kids to be creative. I mean, they have their phones the second they get in the car and then they get their driver's license, they have no idea how to drive anywhere because they're always looking down. They're not looking out going, oh, that's that road. Reading a street sign or, yeah. Any of it. And so it just sets them back. So we're not a huge fan of technology just for multiple reasons. I love, that's a great, um, I've never heard that stat of 15 minutes of boredom for creativity set in, which is so important. You want the kids' brains, everybody's brain, my brain. But just to even say, when we had to have our jail time last weekend, that exactly because there was no phones, yeah. so the lawn got mowed, yeah. and there was other stuff going on. Like we were, it was actually I have to say towards the end of the evening was sweeter because we actually had sometimes the conflict will breed great intimacy. Oh, absolutely! So for me, I saw that play out. It's the truth. We yep. you know we don't vacation a lot. We don't. Um, it's just a lot to get. Mm-hmm. hotel rooms and you know everything else sure. that we need and so we long time ago decided we were going to camp 
And so when yeah. you're camping... We love camping, too. Yeah, when you're camping, you, you don't have a cell phone. There's not a lot of places to charge it anyway. And Right. Know? And then we find that they, all of a sudden, the games they come up with, uh, I mean, the pictures we have of the kids creating and making, it's That's like... Amazing. I it love is, it. Oh, it yeah. is so good for them. And then all of a sudden, they're starting to interact with each other more, and they're not... You and know, you see face. siblings that didn't usually play yes. together, or, be, you know, let's build the fort, let's go get the pine cones, or uh, let's climb the tree, or... Absolutely. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, camping is one of our favorites as well because everyone's unplugged. Yeah. It's yeah. my highlight of my year. Well, that's super helpful from a technology perspective. So um, talk to us real quick because um, we're going to start tailing off and, and, and getting close to wrapping it up. But we want to hear from you guys. And uh, Elizabeth, I know you've talked a little bit with Jan about this, and so we'd love to be able to share this with, with those listening. And I want to hear a little bit more about it. Talk to us about what are, is y'all's perspective and philosophy. You've got a lot of them. You've got one of them in college. You've got a lot of them coming right behind them. How are you guys thinking through the whole college funding and, you know, all that whole process? What is y'all's perspective on that? Well, early on, we made the decision for multiple reasons, um, but the the kids would have to pay for their own school. Um, One is just... It's a lot to pay for eight college educations. Mm-hmm. Um, you going to pick and choose? Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Eeny, meeny, miny, moe. You get to go Sorry. to community college. You get to go to the Big Ten. Like, whatever. That's right. But, you know, and secondly, though, that they would get a lot more out of college if they had some skin in the game. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and Great. so uh, that's something that we had decided a while ago, and we just sent our first one off. And this last couple of years, we've been dealing with trying to find a school for them and um, and then trying to figure out how he was going to pay for it. And, you know, for a while, he kind of went through the motions, but it uh, like hadn't really sunk in the reality that he was going to have to pay for it. And and when he did finally come to that realization, he was he was real angry hmm. uh, and was just totally unfair. And nobody else had to do that. And. Um, but we had a high school counselor that was now running her own business, getting kids into school and helping them through that process. And she finally sat down with him one day and was able to kind of break through that, you know, the vast majority of, of students, when he got to college, he would realize they're paying for their own way. Right. And that it just happens to be the area that we live in that nobody's paying for their mm-hmm. their own way, or that's what he would perceive. Right. But, um, hmm. So... But that's been a tough one. But you know, so we've we've made it through one like that, and I well, think that helped the other kids now, as well, realize okay, yeah, start thinking about that's this. just not a thing mom and dad were saying, but it's something that is going to be. What a reality. are some of the things that he's had to put into place to be at school, and how is he funding it? Well, and that was interesting. David said that he was angry for a little bit, and he was, and and we really believe temperaments play into this, but. We sat down, or David sat down with him one, one night and said, you know, hey, not, you know, tell us, where do you want to go look? What schools do you want to visit? And he's like, look, I'm paying for it by myself. I, you know, I can do it by myself. And he was like, well, I'll drive you to whatever. <laughs> he's like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I got it. Well, then our second one, you know, was still a year behind him. was like, Dad, I bet y'all have been to what, 15 schools? Yeah, Dad, I want to go fun. here, 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 here. He <laughs> so wants David to drive him, knowing he still has to pay for it. But he's right. like, I want your involvement. I yeah. want to kick around ideas. And so they're very different how they mm-hmm. operated. But he did. He um, he applied to seven schools, I believe. Mm-hmm. And we were sitting at the dinner table one night, and he was walking in from football. And I got a text from one of his friend's dads and said, hey, congrats, he got into Georgia. And I looked at David, and I said, did you know he applied to Georgia? <laughs> <laughs> and we had no idea. He applied to seven schools on his own. Wow. Um, and we went to ori- I went to orientation with him this summer. And, and he, you know, had got a parking place, a uh, parking pass. He had gotten his lunch, you know, meal plan. I was like, is there anything else that I can help you with? Yeah. He looked at me like, no, you know, because he knew that expectation early on. Yeah. Right. And let's go back to the finances for him. He, you know, was able to, or he did well in high school. And so he got some scholarship money scholarship, uh, yeah. that way. And we had tried to like pulling teeth, but get him to get jobs <laughs> mm-hmm. his senior year. And, save some money. Um, and so he did that. And so he's gotten to where he's going to be able to get the first year 
you know, the, uh, taken care of. That's yeah. amazing. By himself. That's fantastic. But I love it. The interesting part now, though, is he's going to need to get a job now. To start saving start it for the second year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He and, hasn't done it yet, but. And we've <clears> not put in any put any pressure on any of the kids to say, hey, first of all, you have to go to college or you have to go to college the first year out of high school. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, there's creative ways to do it. Our daughter right. knows yeah. that she doesn't have the grades of her brothers. Um, she's a great student, but to get into Georgia now or to get into right. it is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So she started dual enrollment. And great. junior year. So she's going to basically it. graduate high school as a sophomore in college. That's what we're That's getting awesome. ready to do, too. I can't wait to sign totally it up. Yes. Free. Yeah, get a free uh-huh. year or two of college. Free books. Absolutely. And we so are doing then, that 100%. Absolutely. And so then she said, you know, and then I thought, okay, well, if I do get into a state school or whatever, I basically will only have three years left, but I can do it over the course of four years so I can work. Mm-hmm. So she's got a lighter load, so she's yeah. going to work and be able to pay for it. So they're all going to be... You know, very different tracks, and some might go, yeah. some might not I go. I just love that so great. much because that really is, you know, I think we oftentimes forget when we have little kids in our home <clears throat> that we're raising adults, right? I think we look like, okay, I'm just in survival mode when they're little, right? We want to get you to sleep through the night. We want you to yep. potty train. We want you to be independent. But I think sometimes we lose sight once we hit like eight, nine, and 10 because they're like, we don't have as much to do. We forget that we really have to raise independent children. Oh, and so I really love hearing this because even though they may feel like, wow, this is, you know, I can't believe you're not helping me more, even though you have done a tremendous job helping them, they're going to see how much farther in life when they, they're not surprised by life. Oh, right. And he feels so capable and confident. Like, yeah. right. I've got this. I, I mean, I might not do it perfectly, but I've got this and I have, yeah. the, That's great. I have the ability to do it. And no, you're absolutely. And I think so many people are like, would probably be going, Oh my gosh, I can't believe they They didn't want to, they didn't help their child. Like you're some neglective parent, but on the other side, I think our society has totally flip-flopped. Oh, well, yeah, it, we, we do entitle, like, we just handhold them all the time. The people so. that, the people that um, have come up to me and said, I can't believe that. Like, you should have had less kids if you can't. And I'm like, whoa, you know, hold on. But but you're exactly mm-hmm. right. I feel like just because you can do provider give, it doesn't mean it's the best thing. Right. And, and so we wouldn't necessarily, we talk about this often, if we had two children, would we parent differently? We see the benefits of parenting with this mm-hmm. large family mentality right. yep. because of the workload, about just the responsibility, the yeah. resourcefulness, how they have to get creative, how, right, they, right. how they have to, you know, it's that grit, like I'm going to figure this mm-hmm. out. And, you know, just at that orientation, it was unbelievable the number of moms that were in the classes. And, and they're the ones taking all the notes. Taking all the uh, notes yeah. and their child's not there. And I asked one lady, I said, that was sitting next to me that lived locally, I said, where's he? And she's like, oh, he's tired. He slept in. And I mean, it was all I could do. And I just thought, how is he going to survive? How is he going to survive without you? Yeah. Well, those have become the adults we have to interface with. (laughs) No, you're exactly right. Right? And and on the flip side, though, I will tell you this. On the flip side, you said, you know, our job is to raise them to independence. Absolutely it is. And so it's like people are like, oh, are you so upset that Maxim's away? I mean, yes, we miss him. But I'm like... He's doing what he's supposed to yeah, do. Yeah, like, cheering him on. Yes, and so this is exactly now. this right. is exactly what we've been raising him for. So yeah, we're excited. And that's for why him. he could come back and thank you because he's not missing anything. Absolutely, there's no gaps in what he needs because you guys have prepared him. Absolutely, and on the flip side, what we're watching is we're seeing so many parents that are not able to handle it because they have been so over-involved in their kids' lives. And so all of a sudden the child leaves and they can't cope. Circuits are blown. They don't know what to do with their time. They're like, well, wait a minute, you know, but my whole life was here. And Oh, and and then you see divorce rates, you know, the highest divorce rate is after the emancipation Mm -hmm. of the last child. So all of a sudden the parents look across and like, what am I going to do? And in orientation, I couldn't believe this. The last thing I'll say about orientation, the VP of Student Affairs stood up there and they said, if I can give you parents one bit of advice, I want you to text your child every day and let them know that you are okay. Okay without them because I have child after child after child in my office saying my parents can't cope without me. I am their life. They have no life outside of me. I'm worried about them. Oh and I just thought, how sad t- yeah, is that? Not- that a child yeah. is having to worry about their parents because they know that their child is their life and they have no life mm-hmm. outside of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good stuff. That is so uh, great. Yeah. So well, I think it's great. I love, I think what you guys are doing, you know, that if there's people that are coming saying, oh, I can't believe, I can't believe. Mm-hmm. I can't believe others aren't considering because what you guys are doing is setting your kids up for just greater success when they're adults. Right. You know, because they're learning and earning earlier and faster. So they're going to be prepared for when they get that first job. 
they're going to be ready. So I, I think it's great. I love it. And, and that's not just because I don't want to pay for college. Yeah. <laughs> right. I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, I really do. We feel like it does. I mean, we are not perfect by any means, but we have seen the benefits of this and, and just doing what we feel is the right thing already sets them apart in so many different, yeah. mm-hmm. so many different areas because of, you know, the people around us, the society, yeah. culture and everything else. And other people will recognize them because they're yeah. going to stand out as strong leaders. Oh, it's it's the truth. We um, have a you know the thing in our home where if a, an adult asks you a question, you look the adult in the eye and you Absolutely. answer the question and you respond. I mean, you answer them, but then you respond with a question. Right. Mm. And I can't tell you the number of teachers and bus drivers and people that have stopped us and said, I don't have another child right. that has asked me a question about my weekend. Yeah. So it just sets them apart. Right. right. It's just great. a simple thing. Well, y'all, thank you. Yeah. What a wonderful time we've had with you and so much... I really want to sit down. We need to go away. <laughs> We're going to just discuss yeah, the other segment of podcast. We'll just have a weekend away. Pearson weekend. That's That's right. Right. Fun. We all go camping together. Yeah, I love that. All right. We'll do that, <laughs> right? We love to camp. Four more kids. So, yeah, you wanted 12, camp. right? I did. Well, that would be 14. I can't do math, but there you go. Uh, well, thank you guys for sharing. We really appreciate it. Thank you. And, uh, thank you for having it us. It was great sitting with you guys. We love yeah. it. Thank you. I love their mentality with having eight kids. They have to empower their kids to help because she can't do it all. He can't do Uh it when he's running, you know, the dentistry business. They've got to get the kids involved and having eight kids helps that. But there is no reason why you have to have eight kids. We have three and a fourth as a foster son. We should be empowering our kids. I love that mentality of raising adults, getting them responsibility, and teaching them how to be independent while they're under your roof. Yeah, and I think it is talking about how you are a family. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think being a family is that as parents we control everything, so it's our way, and the kids just get put into that. Like, here's dinner, you just sit at the table. So I love that. I definitely have seen that... um, the benefit of that, I mean, that was something, you know, I was raised to learn how to clean a bathroom and do laundry and this and that. And um, we've started that pretty early with our mm-hmm. kids. So I loved hearing that, but there were definitely some other things that I took away going, you know, we could definitely empower our kids to do more. Yeah. So I, that's a question I asked to our listeners is, is, you know, what are you taking from your kids and what could you give back to them to do? Even at small ages. That's right. Little kids can take their dishes to the sink, or they can put stuff in the dishwasher, they can empty silverware, they can sort their clothes. Yeah. What can they do daily Yeah, um, that they're contributing? Our uh, three-year-old foster son, he can he can put laundry into the dryer. That's right. He yeah. loves it. He wants to be a part of yeah, it. I love their phrase, you know, because we um, feed and, and clothe you, <laughs> right? These are the I things know. you're going to do. Be- She's great. You know, so anyway, her saying. Um, great stuff um, from these guys. Coming up next... Uh, in uh, November, mm-hmm. we've got the Baileys. So Boyd and Rita Bailey um, are just really good friends and mentors for us. Uh, excited for you guys to learn from them as we did. Uh, we got to sit down with them. Yeah, uh, very a couple thoughtful. Ago. I mean, they really—they're <clears throat> just a thoughtful family and a very intentional with the things that they have done. Um, real loving family and uh, and very smart. The big takeaway for me is. They talk a lot about finances. Yeah, some really good stuff on how they did some financial things, some financial um, decisions with their kids, and some empowerment. Again, yeah. back to kind of raising them to be adults and how to manage their own money. They, they had some really good tips on that. Yeah, so you'll want to uh, listen on. Even if you don't have girls, please yeah, they have- listen on. I always want to make that clear is that the parenting advice that comes across is really awesome for all levels of parenting. Yeah, they've got four girls, all married, some grandkids. Uh, so definitely um, a lot of experience uh, from them on just raising those kids and going through the ups and downs and all the different things they did. So, But not a podcast just for parents of girls. There are a right. lot of things that you can take um, with your kids. So um, listen and look out for that in November. And, hey, just remember anywhere you guys are listening to this, uh, whether it's iTunes, wherever you listen to your podcast, please go out, rate, and review. Let us know what you think about it. That helps others find us. And uh, be sure to check out the Facebook page. We'll post a link to that book, um, How to Raise an Adult. Make sure you subscribe so that as we post new episodes, you're going to be first in line to hear what's next. That's right. Thank you guys for listening, and we will see you in November. Take care. Take care.